Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format helps you learn at your own pace and fit earning a degree into your life. From before you enroll to after you graduate, you'll be supported by people who are invested in your success so you can pursue your goals knowing that help is available if you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show. Welcome back to Hooked on the First Line, where we analyze some of the best first lines in all literature. And the reason we do this is because to understand and to analyze the first line of something helps us as creators, artists, writers, whatever. The first line is the most important line maybe in the book next to the last line because if the first line's great, get to read the second line, the third line, the fourth line. And we all want to create things that people continue to either view or read or whatever. So Cal, welcome back. Thank you very much. Uh, Do you ever want to write a novel? You know, I think when I was young, I I had it in my mind, but I always felt that I needed more experience with life. And then as my life pushed forward, a lot of things got piled on. And so if I do, it will be something that happens toward the end. Yeah, that could be. I, I had the ego and hubris to think that I could write a novel at a young age. So I wrote novel after novel after novel when I was from the ages of like 21 to 26. And none of them were good. None of them were published, but maybe it helped me hone my skills a little bit. One thing I realized when I was first starting to write is that you have to constantly read so that you're always feeling juiced up and inspired. Like reading gave me energy to write, uh, particularly when I read great books. That's why I love analyzing these first lines, because I would think about them so much at that time. Well, the line I picked is, is actually very easy to identify. Let, let's do your line. Okay. It's a, it's a very simple, it's a short line, but imagine you pick up the book, there's chapter one, Lolita, light of my life, fire of my loins. You know, once you read that line, whoever's voice that is, is in trouble. Yeah, right. Because also the name Lolita is so, it's not like almost, it's not like a serious name somehow. It's like a very playful name. So, you know, and you know, the fact that his love is more about the fire in his loins, that it's not going to be a 
how should I say, long, m- deeply maturing relationship. <laughs> no, and, and I know this is all about the first lines, but uh, I'll, I'll just read on because it addresses everything you just said. So, yeah. Lolita, light of my life, fire of my loins, my sin, my soul. Lolita, the tip of the tongue, taking a trip of three steps down the palate to tap at three on the teeth. Lolita. That, that's really beautiful, too. The um, read, read that last line again, the three-step tap. The tip of the tongue taking a trip of three steps down the palate to tap at three on the teeth. Lolita. So this is Vladimir Nabokov. He wrote Lolita in English. It's one of the books he wrote in English. Um, you know, many of his first novels were written in Russian, and then he moved to the U.S., and his later novels, including Lolita, were were written in English. So it's interesting, the consonants, you know, the the use of the T over and over again that is is interesting there, because it almost sounds like someone tapping down steps, the t-t-t. And, and you know what? He keeps it up in the next paragraph. She was low, plain low in the morning, standing four feet ten in one sock. Man, what does that tell you? <laughs> I know. Was she short? Or obviously we're getting to the point that she was young. But there you go. And, and also, he's so verbal it kind of implies a little bit of age to him. And manipulation, the ability to manipulate because he's very adept at language. And now you've got a woman, young girl, we don't know, four feet 10 in one sock. I mean, obviously this is not a 42 year old woman. Right. And also there's, there's the kind of contradictions. Like first he says the light of my life, but then he says the fire, you know, Lolita, light of my life, fire of my loins. And so, and then the second one, my sin, my soul. So, so there's, everything's a contradiction. Let's say I'm acknowledging my wife in a book. I may have an acknowledgments page. I'm not going to say fire of my loins. I'm going to say light of my life, my soul. Little, you know, and then the person's name. So it's a contradiction in every, in every sentence, or at least it's a, a positive negative in each sentence. And, and look, look, look how he continues. So we, we already saw she was low, plain low in the morning, standing four feet 10 in one sock. She was Lola in slacks. She was Dolly at school. She was Dolores on the dotted line, but in my arms, she was always Lolita. Yeah. (laughs) This guy is in deep trouble. (laughs) Right, because she was Dolly at school. She's four foot ten. So now we definitely know she's young. Again, we could kind of assume he's older just by the literary aspect of the the poetic aspect of the writing. Again, I really like the, the fact that the third sentence the tip of the tongue taking a trip of three steps. 
you know, I like how that sounds just saying it out loud sounds like what he's writing about. Like he's, it sounds like someone stepping down steps, the ta, ta, ta. And then the fact that, you know, she was Dolly at school. So that's like with her friends, she's low in the morning. Um, but in his arms, Lolita, which is the most kind of seductive of the versions of her name. Again, I like these first lines where you, you could kind of get a sense of what the entire novel is going to be like from the very first few lines. And every line makes you want to read more. So like Fire of My Loins, obviously we want to read more of that. My Sin, My Soul, so he's going to be tortured at some point, tortured emotionally or mentally. And then again, just the, the playfulness of how he's you know saying the next things, the three steps on the tip of his tongue. Uh, and so on. Well, you definitely get the feeling when you get to the end of that second paragraph that this guy is about to take a tumble down those steps. Uh, I just pulled it up. He says, you can always count on a murderer for a fancy prose style. <laughs> Which, by the way, I don't know if you can always count on a murderer for that. We already know he's unreliable. It's interesting that maybe we can't count on a murderer for fancy. I, I don't necessarily associate murderers with fancy pro styles. Well, I mean, that sentence alone, I mean, you could have used that as a first sentence, but it would not have had the same impact because once you've set it up with this girl, this woman, this object of desire, and you see her in all these different ways, and now the word murder is thrown into it. You gotta keep going. Yes, it's totally true. Airbnb has changed my life. If anything, they have made my life so much better. Like I used to live in Airbnbs. I, I lived in over a hundred or 200 different Airbnbs over a three-year period. And I loved it. I love, I became a really good guest of Airbnbs and I got to know lots of hosts. So when I initially owned a house, I, of course, the first thing I thought was I'm going to turn my house into an Airbnb because I travel a lot. So why leave my house unused when I can make a side income by letting others Airbnb my house or come to stay in my house as guests. And having my own Airbnb or, or being a host for Airbnb has allowed me to do just that. And I've met other hosts. I've actually spoken at Airbnb's host conference. I think it was in 2017. I met so many just nice hosts. It's a great community. And I love, you know, turning my own home into an Airbnb. Like I'm traveling to Austin next month. My home's going to be an Airbnb while I'm away and I'll stay in an Airbnb. I'd rather stay in like a three-story house Airbnb than in one tiny hotel room in, in the middle of Austin during South by Southwest. So listen, while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who are just letting their house sit empty who've never thought about it or didn't realize their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, then you have an Airbnb. 
your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Daylight savings time is starting up again. Okay, podcast is over. That's all you needed to know. But why do we have uh, daylight savings time? Answer, to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting your clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day that initial, when we initially start daylight savings. But if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100-plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. This is such a brilliant idea for a business, and ZipRecruiter did it. So ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. I've used ZipRecruiter particularly as a potential employee, and I still, to this day, get messages every day. James Aldacher, would you like to apply to be... VP of entertainment at NBC or whatever. So there's just nonstop emails. Like I got five or six emails today because of because a year ago I signed up for ZipRecruiter. So spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. What would have been the difference if he had started with that line? You can always count on a murderer for a fancy pro style. I guess since we we haven't seen an example of the fancy pro style yet, so and we don't have a reason yet to continue. What and it's the sentence is perfectly placed where it is because he's got you. It, this is sort of like like watching uh, a boxer throwing eight shots to set up the ninth one that's on the jaw, which is you can always count on a murderer for a fancy pro style uh, because he's got you leaning in. And then when he hits you with that line, you're saying, oh, shit, how far down the steps does he tumble? Yeah. And so, so we, have, we basically have sex and sin in the first paragraph. In the second paragraph, we firmly believe and, and are told she's basically younger than him. And then in the third paragraph, somehow there's a murder that has happened. We don't know who was murdered. We know he did the murder. But we don't know who was murdered. Is it Lolita? How is he caught? Because he's caught. Actually, it's revealed in the next paragraph that he's testifying to a jury. And we know we're in for a ride now. And I don't want to spoil anything, but the, you know, the last sentence of the intro is, look at this tangle of thorns. <laughs> so he's basically just invited you in and you you got to go. You got to go. He's a master of that. There's another book. I, I, I don't know. Are we allowed to on, on this podcast? Yes. Reference We're allowed to do anything we want. Okay. I want to reference the same author because he's a master at 
opening books, Nabokov. And this book that I got in front of me is called Laughter in the Dark. Oh, yeah. And, and he starts it with a sentence that is not what I would classify as an amazing sentence. It's a very routine sentence. And it just starts, once upon a time there lived in Berlin, Germany, a man called Albinus. Okay, so where does that take you? It's just, it's almost like you're being invited into a fairy tale and you're saying, all right, there's a once upon a time, so what's the next sentence gonna be? And then the writing continues. He was rich, respectable, happy. One day, he abandoned his wife for the sake of a youthful mistress. He loved, was not loved, and his life ended in disaster. Yeah, so that one, the first part, it's almost like he sets you up to be like, oh, okay, one time there was this rich guy, but then he kind of takes you, he, he, he sort of sets you up to feel good about, about what's happening, like you say, like a fairy tale almost, and then he immediately plunges it into darkness. And basically delivers the whole story for you there. So you have every reason to say, okay, I know what's going to happen. He was not loved and his life ended in disaster. But look at what he does in the second paragraph. This is the whole of the story. And we might have left it at that had there not been profit and pleasure in the telling. And although there is plenty of space on a gravestone to contain, bound in moss, the abridged version of a man's life, detail is always welcome. <laughs> he's like, he's hooked you. He's just, yeah. he's told you everything you need to know. And yet you're smiling. And I smiled when I hit the, the words, this is a whole of the story and we might've left it at that had there not been profit and pleasure in the telling. You know, and there, there's something else interesting there, which is that he starts this off in this very, um, just a very basic third person voice. Okay, he, you know, there's a man, Albinus, he was rich, his wife, he loved, was not loved. But then he gets kind of meta and it becomes a sort of a plural first person. This is the whole of the story and we might have left it at that. So now kind of this interesting mix of what person is this story being told in is also compelling. Like, who is we? Why isn't it I might have left it at that? And then there's also this meta aspect where the writer doesn't usually, most books we read, the writer doesn't re usually refer to the fact that this is a book you're reading that he wrote. So like when you read a, a John Grisham novel, and by the way, no knock against John Grisham. I've read every John Grisham novel. I love legal thrillers. but. You don't say, John Grisham would never say, you know, oh, I could have left this novel at, you know, young lawyer gets rich and famous and then has disaster. So I decided to keep going. He never refers to the author in the writing of a book and most authors don't. But this is a very interesting experiment Nabokov is doing. Yeah, and it's basically showing a strength and control of the language and where he's going. He's narrating, it's his tale, 
you, you, you hear it right off the top. It, he may be doing this just to make money. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. You're I, intrigued and are coming along. Yeah. And, and by the way, this is another, like this, Lolita, and I don't know if you ever read his book, Ada, but they're all examples of someone loving essentially either a little girl or someone much younger. Yeah, well, it's it's pretty obvious that there's um, something deep going on. I, I think this is why um, Nabokov never won the Nobel Prize, actually, is because there's a little bit, uh, you know, too much speculation that there was something kind of wrong with him. It, it, it might have spooked a bunch of people. You're right. You know, um, one of my favorite novels, uh, you know, there's, there's quite a few novels where chess is involved. Like we all, we all saw the TV show, The Queen's Gambit, which was based on a novel written in the early 80s called The Queen's Gambit. And uh, uh, one of my favorite novels by Nabokov is one called The Defense about a, 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 someone who's at the level of a world chess champion who gradually goes insane. And Nabokov himself was a chess master when he was younger. I, that I didn't. I never read that. So oh, it's a great. It's one of my favorite novels ever. You know what? Thank you because you've just proved the merit of this podcast. Because you've got me very curious to read that book. And 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 then if you want the extreme Lolita style, there's Ada, which was not only someone loving a little girl, but that someone is, if I remember correctly, that someone is the little girl's brother. <laughs> so. It kind of, it's almost like a trilogy of novels. Uh, uh, Laughter in the Dark, I think, was first, then, then Lolita, then Ada. Well, you, it, it's interesting because when you pair them or when you put them together, it it's, it really does give you a look uh, into the writer who wrote it. And I, I'm going to read that book so that I can step back and see what's at the depth. Looking for a rewarding, life-changing opportunity that enhances the lives of children in your community? Well, with almost 50 years of experience, Huntington Learning Center is the nation's leading K-12 tutoring and test prep franchise dedicated to shaping brighter futures for both students and franchisees. Huntington is the top revenue-producing supplemental education franchise in the U.S., and their proven system is the key to success for you and your students. The Huntington Advantage includes low startup cost, turnkey systems, dedicated support teams, national and local marketing support, and multiple revenue streams to help you build a life-enriching and profitable business. No education experience needed. In today's environment, the need for tutoring has never been greater. When you become part of Huntington Learning Center, you're filling an urgent need in the growing $5 billion supplemental education industry. To learn more, visit HuntingtonFranchise.com. Make a meaningful difference, pursue your dreams of business ownership, and be a positive force in your community. Don't wait. Visit HuntingtonFranchise.com today.
hey, listen, men's health is important. Men act all cocky and like they don't need anything. But the reality is, as you get older, there's some things you need. And it often feels like we're too busy to take care of our health problems. Like I'd rather do anything than go to the doctor or the dentist or the pharmacy or whatever. But now you don't have to waste your time if you use HIMS. HIMS, H I M S, HIMS is changing men's healthcare by providing simple and convenient access to science backed treatments for erectile dysfunction, hair loss, weight loss, and more. The entire process is 100% online, so you get a new routine of improving your overall health faster. Jay, you listening to all this? Yes, I definitely got to use HIMS for now. Not on. that you need it, you're, you're young and healthy. James, I'm 35. You're getting there. You might you might need it. Who knows? But if prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and indiscreet packaging. No insurance is needed. You can manage your plan on the Hims app, track progress, and learn more about your conditions and how to treat them from leading medical experts. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash James. Could you imagine that there's a whole section just with my name on it? Hims.com slash James. That's how I how much I am representative of the kind of person who needs hymns. That's HIMS.com slash James for your personalized treatment options. Hymns.com slash James. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See hymns.com slash James for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. I just saw a quote that said something simple along the lines of, once you see what's underneath the surface, the surface never looks the same again. It's true. And the fact that there is a surface, I think, makes a work of art interesting. The fact that there is layers deeper. Have you ever watched the TV show Lost? No. So... I love this show. Again, a lot of people don't like it for various reasons. And there's hundreds of videos on YouTube explaining different aspects of Lost because there's that much depth to it. It's really interesting. But I've watched the whole series. It's six seasons of 20 episodes each. I've watched the whole series at least four or five times. What is it that's so compelling? You know, I won't go into the whole plot or anything, but There's layer after layer after layer after layer. There's little clues from the first few scenes even that don't become more clear until the sixth season. And obviously you don't remember, oh, that's why this woman was holding her wrist in the middle of the very first show of the first season. So you have to watch it again in order to start connecting the dots. That's great writing. Often when I go back and watch a movie a second time, I see the setups that are just either overlooked or we're focusing on something else, but they're there, they're planted, and subliminally we're going with them. And that's why quite often seeing a movie the second time is a really enjoyable experience. Yeah, every series that I thought was a great series, I've probably watched them all three or four times. Like Mad Men, I've watched 
easily three or four times. Uh, Rome, which was a two-season series on HBO, I've watched that probably like five times. Breaking Bad, Battlestar Galactica, these are all like my favorite series. I've watched them all many times. And same with books. I will read a great book over and over and over again. There's one book, collection of short stories, actually, that I lent you, Jesus' Son by Dennis Johnson. I've easily read that 200 times. Well, well, I can see why, because as soon as I started to read it, I was just kind of overwhelmed by the great lines. Uh, also, I, I, I got to admit that it's something that if I had read uh, decades ago, I think it would have had much more impact on me than reading it from a vantage point of having read a lot of books and kind of getting it where he was going, where if, if I had read him at a very early age, I would have not had an idea where he was going. And he would have just be transporting me to these places. But through an older point of view, I have a sense of where he's taken me even though I'm not quite sure. And then when the line explodes on the page, I just smile and said, oh yeah, that's great. We talked in the last episode about the importance of last lines, even though this is a podcast about first lines, he is the master of the last line. Like I just love all his last lines. And also very important thing that he does, which also you see in a lot of great literature, ranging from James Joyce's portrait of an artist as a young man to Hemingway's Old Man in the Sea to Thomas Pynchon's Gravity's Rainbow. But the, the, what I'm talking about is that the style itself is almost a character in the story. So again, when you read like a legal thriller, the style is very like, there really is no style. And, that, and that's done with a purpose because you want to focus on the fact that it's a thriller, not that it's this stylistically told story. But with Jesus' Son, and, and another one is a, a Million Little Pieces by James Frey is like this, the style itself changes throughout the book as the character changes. But again, the style it's written in changes as the character evolves. Well, I think it's a good way to circle back to Nabokov because that is at the, the center of his opening. There was just a sense of style that you know you are reading Nabokov, you're not going to read anything like this from any other author. It's totally unique to him, which is, in my mind, a great calling card. And that same thing with the Gabriel Garcia Marquez first line of 100 Years of Solitude. You know nobody else has written like that. And yeah. it's the very essence of style converging with all the other magic that makes you lean forward. Well, I've got a great one for episode three. I'm looking forward to telling you it. All right. Now, I can't wait. <laughs> Let's see where this goes. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. 
It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent. Being there day and night and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.